going and enjoying that ordinary, going and enjoying those those little things, stopping and smell the roses. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. What's that Ferris Bueller quote? If you uh, life moves pretty fast, if you don't stop and look around every once in a while, it's you're gonna miss it. I think. I, I, I think I got it. I, sure. I, I, I sure. Yeah. <laughs> I am your host, Jason Lafferty. I'm your host, Dylan Dentremont. We are two dudes who review books. Can you hear me? I I can, my dude. You can't see me. I can't. I cannot. How about see now, you. can you hear me? I I can hear you. I can. You see can hear you. me, but I cannot hear you. All right, hang on. Let's try that. No. Hello. Hey, there we go. Hello. You know, technology is you know it's the wave of the future. It is. Yeah. Indeed. Not much we can yeah. do about it. I can turn on a light though, so that I'm not so harshly lit. Hang on. Actually, I I feel like you're better lit than I am. So oh, fancy. How's it going, my dude? Dylan, my dude, it is solid. It is going well. Um, uh, last we spoke, um, last we spoke, you were over at the house. Yeah. And you were helping out with the deck, and you you got railings up, and you know it all good. Yesterday, I put a stair railing in and gate at the top of the deck. Nice. And, and the wife, uh, the wifey, mm-hmm. uh, she started painting. So Good. after this, I'm going to do a uh, a run to the, the store for some more deck supplies. And then I'm going to go at it. And I got to move some things around since I can't take the barbecue off the deck. I got to paint one side and paint the other so ah, uh, gotcha it's going good life is good yeah how is how is things at the homestead for you good you know we're we're doing kind of the the build up to uh the 2021-22 school year here so i've been uh mm-hmm. in my classroom a lot getting stuff set up thinking about what kind of activities i'm doing with my kids for the first uh week of school and what that's going to look like you know, we're, uh, it's going to be a really unique school year because um, we know less about what kids know uh, this <laughs> year than really any other year before. Um, and it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to teach in that environment. It's, usually it's a fairly known quantity and, or at least you have known unknowns. And here we're in this really weird position of there's a lot of unknown unknowns um, with these kids. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, my focus is just really not on hammering academics. Uh, I'm not going to be super focused on, quote unquote, catching kids up. I'm not saying there will be zero academics. There certainly will. But my focus is really on making sure the kids are enjoying school. Um, and establishing friendships and um, sticking with it, giving them reasons to, to kind of get up in the morning. And I want them 
to want to come to school. I think that'll pay off better than starting the math curriculum on day one. So that's kind of what's been on my mind, thinking about how I can make that happen in my space. Yeah, I mean, you got a challenging year ahead of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, um, that's, I, I think that, you know, every year is challenging in its own ways. Um, but you're absolutely right that this one is a little, definitely more so. I can't even say a little bit more so. I mean, just remarkably more so. But I think we don't have control over so much. I don't have control over what kids know when they walk through the door, yeah. right? And so in reflecting on that, it helps me to think about, well, what do I have control over? And I have control over the the activities that we do in the class. I have control over um, the way I am with kids. Um, I have control over the feedback I give them. And I have control over kind of the vibe that our, that our classroom has in our classroom environment. So focusing my energy and efforts on how can I make that the best possible classroom community so that, because like, look, if kids don't want to come to school, if they don't have friends, if we're not doing stuff they're interested in, then the rest of the academics aren't going to happen anyway. Um, so it, it benefits us to go ahead and focus on those kind of, you know, if you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Academics, frankly, are, are way up here, like second from the top. So my focus is really on those lower levels of making sure kids feel safe, because there are some kids that are genuinely scared of COVID that are coming into my classroom. Yeah. Um, and then the next level up is making sure that they've got that sense of belonging, uh, either through me or through the other kids in the class or through the specialists. So that's where my focus is. And those are the things that I have control over. Yeah, control what you can control, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I think this this kind of brings us into uh, the last last part three of the book. It's part two of this book for us, but part three uh, of the book. Um, mm -hmm. And that was the whole giving. So we were on a roll. We were bouncing back and forth between everything. So this is uh, this is Think Like a Monk, Jay Shetty. Jay Shetty. Um, yep. Mm -hmm. uh, and we, we had a long conversation. You, you paused the conversation because it was, it was getting late to the evening and something like that. But the last part of the book is about giving. Absolutely. Um, and that's, I mean, that's really what you're talking about when you're, you're dealing with your students is, you know, what can you give and what can you support? Mm -hmm. um, I figured before we get into giving, we could do kind of a, a quick summary of what we talked about um and really so uh, again jay's book is it's a long it's a long book and not that it's it's long what am i trying to say here i'm trying to say is it's long he covers a lot he covers a lot of information he goes yeah. into great detail on information Mm -hmm. And what we talked last time was about purpose. We talked about uh, Dharma. Yes. Um, and, and there was, you know, he, there was an equation that I found as, as this was after our conversation, I was looking for it during our conversation and I, I couldn't find it. Um, but I finally did find 
of course, I know it's in one of my bajillion little bookmarks, but he um, actually made a equation for what Dharma was. And let yeah. me find it here real quick. And it was a good one. It was passion plus expertise plus usefulness equals Dharma. And Dharma is actually going to come in uh, pretty clutch here in this give section. I'm not trying to put the Cut, clutch. Wow, yeah. you are you are getting ready for the kiddos. Yes, throwing out sure. some clutch. But uh, yeah, to your point, we had talked about Dharma absolutely, and about the combination of things that Dharma was. Um, we talked about monk mind versus monkey mind a little bit right the yeah. that are that are real um kind of default mode is that monkey mind like jumping around from thought to thought unable to focus um whereas the monk mind is much calmer and more deliberative and more focused on positive things yeah i think the first half of uh the recording of this book there might have been it might have looked a little monkey mind because we bounced around a lot we did we did bounce around a lot but that's all right. That's all right. Yeah. It's all it's yeah. all part of our journey. But uh, yeah, Dharma being passion plus expertise plus usefulness. That's going to be your Dharma. Yeah. So what would you like, I guess, where would you like to start with giving? Well, get, the giving section of the book starts with, um, what is it, page 205. And I, I think that that chapter title uh, tells it, it gives us a really great place to start. And that's with gratitude. Um, and incidentally, I found that in this section, in both this gratitude section that we've got here and in the uh, relationships and service, really in all three parts of the give section, the last kind of uh third of the book, the last 50 pages, um, it gives us a lot of stuff that I can use with kids, if I'm being perfectly honest. There was a lot of real fertile ground here for activities that really are applicable to any age. Um, and the chapter title, I'll just read it here. It's a chapter title is Gratitude, the World's Most Perfect Drug. And he goes on to support <laughs> that. And then uh, the, the quote, uh, is actually pretty great here too. Appreciate everything, even the ordinary, even the ordinary, especially the ordinary. Uh, and I think that's fa fantastic. And this actually, this whole section reminded me of when we were reading the happiness equation. The happiness equation includes a chapter that's um, remember the lottery. You remember the remember yeah. the lottery? Yeah. So the, the lottery idea is this notion that if you are in a position to be reading this book, it means you are literate, it means you have some resource, it means you probably uh, are not fighting for your life uh, or starving, and therefore, in the grand scheme of human experience, of all the humans that have lived before you and currently, you have won the lottery. And it's a reminder that a lot of the stuff that we take for granted, um, it, we should be grateful for. And the more you can find things to be grateful for, there are actual real 
chemical benefits that happen within your body that are associated with gratitude. And that's why it's so important to start with gratitude. Uh, and we talked a little bit about a morning routine, the time, T-I-M-E, morning routine. That first T is thankfulness, right? And that's directly related to gratitude. Um, so I was really uh, happy to see that here. Um, let's see. So, uh, go ahead. So on gratitude, uh, mm -hmm. and, the, and how this ties in is I was, uh, I was walking by um, the, the supermarket the other day. There's a flower bed out front and someone had gone and cut one of the flowers that was out front and done whatever they did with it. Um, and another person came along and put a note on there and the note read something like, uh, someone selfishly cut this flower so it could wilt and die in their apartment and others couldn't enjoy it. Mm -hmm. and if you kind of look at that as yeah that one person took away what others were enjoying mm -hmm. and they're they're kind of stealing gratitude if you will sure and it was written a little snarky but you know it really got me thinking like you know there's just this flower bed and people are walking by and enjoying these these small things mm -hmm. it's it's just it's just a flower bed right but there's someone out there that's enjoying it and you know having going enjoying that ordinary going enjoying those those little things stopping and smell the roses yeah. right mm -hmm. um yeah what's that ferris bueller quote if you uh life moves pretty fast if you don't stop and look around every once in a while, it's you're gonna miss it. I think I, I, I think I got it. I sure, I, I, I sure I, yeah, I enough. <laughs> well, yeah, the I, the whole I've I've done gratitude journals before. Mm -hmm. Um and you know it it kind of seems really silly when you write in these gratitude journals and you say, like, you know. I'm I'm happy that I got a good night's sleep last night, or I'm happy that I have a house over my head. And you you kind of take this for granted, but you know there are not not everybody has a house to live in. They don't yeah. have a roof over their head. You know I'm happy to have dinner on the table at night. You know I'm happy that my family's healthy. And at first when I wrote these down, I'm like, is this what gratitude journaling is? Is just just putting down things that are that we all have right but the fact is we don't yes we don't and all I, have them i would argue that that's one of the the points of the chapter and in fact of course the the point of the opening quote of the book right is that be grateful for the ordinary things especially the ordinary things right things that we consider ordinary um get are we consider them ordinary because we take them for granted. That's what makes them, quote, ordinary. But when we reflect upon them with gratitude, it puts us in a new place. I would, to go back to your flower example, right? You're saying, you know, lots of people are enjoying the flowers. And I would agree with that. But there are also lots of people who walk right by those flowers and completely take them for granted. 
and maybe yeah. don't even notice them because they're on there. Uh, I'm not trying to old man this, but maybe they're on their <laughs> cell maybe they're on their cell phones, darn kids in their cell phones, right? Maybe they're on their cell phones or maybe their head is just on other matters. And instead of being mindful and in the moment and seeing these gifts all around them, they're so wrapped up in themselves or in negativity or in distractions. Uh, brought around by you know kind of attention thieves right um that that they may not even notice those small gifts there was a an exercise that they would frequently do as part of his monk training as jay shetty's monk training by the way the author um and that was uh that the elders at the ashram did i get that right you got ashram right all right um would uh periodically change something on their morning walk so they had a path that they would frequently walk uh most mornings and one of the elder monks would move a rock right or plant a new flower um change something small and it this relates because for us to be able to have gratitude we have to be able to be observant it starts with being mindful and observant of the world around you. And to come back to your point about gratitude journaling, gratitude journaling forces us to be observant. It forces us to stop doing all other activities, break away from our cell phones, from attention thieves and from other stuff that we've got going on in our minds and just be observant. What is around me that I can be grateful for? And, you know, sometimes it comes across like, I don't know if you've seen the movie Anchorman. I don't know if you remember the character. I've, 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 I've heard of it. I may have seen it, you know, 10 or 20 times. <laughs> well, Rick is, uh, they ask him, you know, what do you love? And he's like, I love, I love carpet. I love lamp. I love lamp. I love candles. And, right? And he's like, you're just looking around and saying things that you love the things that you see. And to a certain extent, gratitude I, is a little like that. I'm not trying to tell you anyway. But it's true. That is gratitude journaling. Like, and it's like, I have. It's not I love necessarily. It's, you know, I'm grateful for. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm grateful for, you know, being able to even do this. Right. I'm sitting on a nice uh, cushy couch in, with a roof over my head. I have a quiet space in my house where I can sit and think I have, there are six people that live in my house and yet I have a space where I can come and do a podcast and not be interrupted by one of the two children or three other adults that's living in this home. That is, a, I have beautiful artwork hanging on the wall, right? I, I am tremendously um, grateful for the things that I have, but if you're so busy rushing around um, wrapped up in negative thoughts or with your attention elsewhere, not being mindful, um, you will never <laughs> kind of harvest the positive feelings associated with that. And I think also meeting the day with gratitude and meeting your life with gratitude uh, helps reinforce this concept of, of having enough right, of being grateful for what you have. If we get in the mentality that we need more, we need more, we need more, gratitude helps back us out of that and put us in a place where we're actually thankful for what we have. 
Yeah. It, what I really like about the whole gratitude thing and is it, it helps create that pause. So when we, we talked, um, we talked in the happiness equation uh, about space, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you're, you're creating space to reflect and it doesn't necessarily need to be cell phones that, that get us distracted. You could walk down the street a hundred times. And if you're just power walking and you're just focused, like my goal is to drive from here to here. Mm-hmm. My goal is to walk from here to here, whatever that is. If you're not looking around, if you're not, you know, paying attention to what's going on, you're, you're missing. Mm-hmm. You're, you're missing missing those moments those things that are there um i don't know if i've brought this up before or not um but one of the things i don't like about vacation is i don't like about i don't like a rush vacation sure i feel like in my my youth uh we would go to vegas Mm-hmm. And it would be like, go, go, go. And we're here and we're there and we're, we're bouncing all over the place. If I go to Vegas now, it's, you know, I'm casually walking. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm taking in a show. I'm, I'm lounging by the pool. I'm people watching, you know, I'm finding a spot to, to hang out and just kind of be versus I'm going to run and do everything. Yeah. I'm going to get it all in. Hey, guess what? I went to every casino on the strip and mm-hmm. I, I saw this, this, and this. And but did you did you see this, this, and this? Did you really did you really feel the that moment? Um, and it, I'm trying to look at my notes, but there was a and maybe it's later on, but it was an exercise. And I feel bad for not knowing the exercise off the top of my head, but it was, it was like, I think it was five, four, three, two, one. It was five things you see, um, four things you hear, Mm -hmm. three things you smell, two things you can touch. Yeah. Something like that. Um, uh, I, don't re- it, I, I remember seeing that too i feel like that might have actually been earlier in the book but it, maybe it maybe it was still still an important one yes yeah and you know there is as you're in a moment as you're standing there as you're you know you're standing and you're looking upon something right that that quick little exercise you know what are five things that i see what does the environment smell like it doesn't even need to be a number Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, what does the environment smell like? Is it warm? Is it cold? How does this make me feel? Uh, I think that's a really good exercise to really ground you to what's going on in that moment. Mm-hmm. So one, yeah. one thing that he also covers in this chapter is how we frame quote unquote good or quote unquote bad events right? Um, And I think that that's an important one. We actually do an exercise kind of as a family where we um, will talk about, you know, a a negative, a quote-unquote negative thing 
and the the game so to speak this is a game that i play with my two daughters love uh, it school age children one in elementary school one in middle school um but the game is this is good because right so i'll uh, we'll throw something out there like you drop your ice cream cone on the ground right and and the activity is this is good because right so my kids have come up with answers like maybe it'll uh, encourage you to make a healthier choice right maybe uh, it'll be a okay nice, right it'll be a nice treat for a dog that comes by maybe i get it's to practice my i get to practice my cleaning skills there you go right depending on where i land yeah, <laughs> yeah. or maybe it'll encourage me to try a new flavor of ice cream yeah. Maybe it's an opportunity for somebody to share if they if they see that you've lost your ice cream cone, right? <laughs> yeah, so, so less and less calories. So this is I like so I like this game because I, I feel like anyone can be play this game, absolutely. and I, I also like the the silver lining mindset that puts on things. I feel like I'll I'll be in situations and it'll be like, well, you know, this this happened and it, it's bad, and I'm like, well, we, we've qualified that it's bad you're putting it's bad on it but you know the silver lining is it it gives us a challenge to, yeah. to practice a skill to step up this is good and, because you know, in the in the in the book they they cover this a little bit um there's a short story on page 212 where uh it says there's a story about a monk who carried water from a well in two buckets one of which had holes in it he did this every day without repairing the bucket. One day a passerby asked him why he continued to carry the leaky bucket. The monk pointed out that the side of the path where he carried the full bucket was barren, but on the other side of the path where the bucket had leaked, beautiful wildflowers had flourished. My imperfection has brought beauty to those around me, he said, right? And that's a reminder that we don't know all the downstream consequences of, of stuff that happened uh, uh, or of even you know, of our imperfections. I was at, um, I brought my daughter, she had a friend visiting from out of town uh, that she hadn't seen in years. And uh, I brought them to the mall and my daughter, bless her, I, I, wanted, I wanted them to be able to run off with each other and do some shopping and go get some lunch and stuff. So I handed her some money, I handed her $60. Um, and I expected to get some of that back, but I didn't really care. Um, yeah, I think that I, expectation was... My focus was more on, you know, go and have fun with your friend, and I don't want you to be worrying about spending money. Yeah. Here's yeah. some money, go get some lunch, get some lunch for you and your friend, buy something nice, it's fine. Um, so they wandered off, I sat down and read a book. It might have even been this book. No, I think it was our previous book. I think it was Radical Candor, but anyway... Uh, I sit down, I read my book, they're gone for, I don't know, 90 minutes, something like that. They come back and my daughter is like nearly in tears. And I'm like, hey, 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 what, what's going on? And through a bunch of sniffles and snorts, she vouchsafes that after she bought lunch, she tucked the remaining money, uh, which was like 50 bucks, right, into her waistband. And then when she got to her next stop, she realized it was gone. The money that she had tucked into her waistband, close to $50, had fallen out and was now lost uh, forever. They went back and tried to find it. They couldn't find it. And she was really upset. And I was like, uh, yeah, it's a $50 that we'll never see again. But I was like, maybe somebody found it who is using it to buy a gift now. Maybe somebody found it who really needs it. 
maybe somebody found it who doesn't have very much money in the first place, right? It's, it's unknown and unknowable sometimes what the downstream consequences of a quote, of a quote, bad thing or sad thing that happens, which is why the point in this, this chapter is don't judge the moment, right? We're, we never really know about the, the full uh, depth and breadth of the downstream consequences of something that's quote negative, which is why that this is good because activity can be so powerful. I think it's a solid, I, I like the activity and I, I like the mindset that it helps people with. Um, and I feel like it's something that you could, you could use with uh, adults at oh, yeah. work, you know, you know, someone's upset about something. Okay. So why is this good? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and really help kind of shift that mindset to, you know, here is the silver lining upon yeah. it. And, you know, that someone, someone could have found that $50. You could have just made someone's day. Yeah, absolutely. I, I know I if found- I found $50, I'd be, <laughs> yeah. By the way, I found $50 the other day. Hey, were you at the mall? <laughs> <laughs> I happened to be there. Yeah. But, you know, you can make someone's day about doing something like that. And it's, you know, it wasn't, done in a you know uh intentional act this was an you know but framing it as this is good because Mm -hmm. helps you see that it's not necessarily a bad thing yeah and and they talk in the book about how difficult it is the human brain is not optimized to feel both positive emotions and negative emotions simultaneously we 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 kind of like to think that we can, but our brain is just not really optimized for that. And this is one of the reasons that gratitude is so powerful is that if you switch over to the, this is good because it's really hard to feel super terrible about something when you are focused about the ways and the reasons that this is good. Even if the, this is good is just that we've learned from this, that is a great salve um, for some of these events that may not be wonderful uh, on the surface and, and trying to think that through and refocus your mind on what is good about this situation um, is fantastic. And I, I'd like to think that part of that, at least for me personally, was honed uh, through being in the military. Um, I, was, I, was, uh, I had a really positive uh, attitude that was developed because obviously being in the military, things don't always go your way. So being able to see the good in the orders that came down, in the living conditions, in uh, the daily cleaning activities or whatever, and the hardships of military life, being able to find what was good, I think um, allowed me to come through um, service. And that's not to say, you know, that we can. Uh, it's not to lessen the, the trauma of experiences that people face in the military and elsewhere, but I think that the more you can flex that muscle of finding the good in situations, doing the this is good because kind of mindset and activity, um, I think that makes, that will lead to increased resilience and just overall happiness um, through, through the rest of your experiences. You know, one of the things Jay mentions in the book, and I feel like I have a 
some mixed emotions on it but mm-hmm. you know ultimately i always end up landing that I, this is something i believe and it's you know you get what you put out in the world mm-hmm. and i'm sure he's i think he says it differently but you know uh but you get well you get what you put out in the world and when you're able to see the good and you're able to put out the good you 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 receive when you receive something you're seeing it in a good light mm-hmm. um i feel like i've i know I know I've had a conversation before with uh, people I've managed and, you know, there'd be a change, you know, change management is a thing Mm. and there'd be a change and something's going on and all they're looking at it is, oh my God, the world is coming to an end. And, you know, the company has decided to, to make this change and it affects them and it affects everybody but they're selfishly seeing it as it only affects me mm-hmm. type thing and this one person that i i'm referring to uh all they saw was the negative mm-hmm. anytime something happened it was the negative and they're their world was just wrapped and consumed in this negativity it's like yeah you know i i i'm a pretty optimistic guy but stuff happens and i get upset and you know you you gotta process that emotion and go oh yeah okay i'm upset why am i upset okay well this is good because yeah yeah x y and z so i i am a believer that you know when when we go and we put ourselves out there and we put out these good vibes we're receiving good vibes because our mindset is there Mm -hmm. so you know i i I like i like this exercise i think i'm going to try to try to use it with uh you know you know, I don't know how, or I'm going to try to use it more. I think I'm going to use it on the wife, maybe on the daughter. It's going to be harder on the daughter. She's a little, she's a little young for this, but Uh, yeah. Yeah. But you know, this is, this is good because, you know, let's, let's, you know, let's create a board game. Sure. I dig it. I would totally do that. Maybe I'll do that with my kids. I could, Um, I could, I could see a card game. I actually, you know, it's just a scenario card game and you have to, you have to spin it. My, um, the, the, what you're alluding to about, like, we kind of get what we give, um, that is also talked about in the next chapter of relationships. He talks about a love circle, um, which, which sounds a little, uh, sounds a little, sounds a little little dirty. Yeah, Yeah. it sounds a little dirty. Um, but the point that he's making and kind of the story that he tells here is, um, about he himself feeling like he's giving a, a lot of love and feeling like he's not getting it back, right? It, the quote is, I'm loving, caring, and looking out for others, but they don't do the same for me. I don't get it. And his, his mentor says, uh, well, why are you giving out love? And he says, well, because it's who I am. And the monk's retort is, so then why expect it back? But listen carefully, whenever you give out energy, love, hate, anger, or kindness, 
you will always get it back one way or the other. Love is a circle. Whatever you give out, it's going to come back to you. The problem lies in your expectations. You assume yes. the love you receive will come from the person you give it to, but it doesn't always come from that person. There are people who love you who you don't give the same love in return, right? And so that actually taps back into what I was saying about being observant, right? And, and thinking for a moment to be observant and to do that gratitude journaling activity that we talked about is that, yeah. yeah, like I, you know, like a lot of kids, I think took my mom for granted, right? And took my <laughs> dad for granted, took my brother for granted, um, yeah. whereas really they were gifts. And I might have been mad that I wasn't feeling like I was getting the love that I was giving, giving, but also forgetting that my mom was putting food on the table every morning, you know, and making sure that I had clothes to wear and doing laundry every weekend when she could have been reading a book or going for a bike ride or whatever, right? While I was outside playing. So it's, it, it's an important note that yes, we do always get that love back, but we may not always, um, we need to be mindful about acknowledging that it may not come from the source we expect. And that's why slowing down and taking the time to be observant is so important. And also to just kind of trust, trust the universe a little bit that if we are kind and we are loving and we are um, giving, that, that we're gonna get that back. We kind of have to trust we, we have to trust the universe, but we also have to trust humanity um, a little bit. And I know that can be hard to do sometimes, but being able to trust that that is going to come back around to you, I think is really important. Yeah, I, 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 like, I like that whole, that whole interaction where he had and he, he's, he's connecting with that monk and you're talking about who you are. Mm -hmm. You're like, I, I am this person. I am the person who is going to give. And, you know, I, I, I've also been that person that's gotten frustrated when I don't feel like I'm getting something in return. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really important for people to, to, to ask those questions. Okay. So why am I doing this in the first place? And, you know, what am I feeling like? Am I not getting what I need? If you're not getting what you need, taking away from who you are is not going to help that fact. Sure. Right. So you got to evaluate, okay, so why am I thinking I'm not getting what I need? Oh, I'm thinking because I'm not getting what I need because I'm really not. But where, where should I be getting that from? Um, and having that evaluation and having that conversation, um, you know, uh, will really help you in life. There's a, there's a note and I was trying to find it in the book. Uh, but he talks about, uh, evaluating relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, and I I'm of the belief that sometimes in, uh, sometimes relationships, uh, the, the, they grow apart. Um, for whatever reason that is sure and uh, I remember as a 
I remember as a kid, I'm like, God, my dad only has like two friends. <laughs> yeah. Like what? I'm like, I've got like all these friends. Mm-hmm. He's got like, mm-hmm. he's got like two friends. And, you know, I really came down to, he has two good friends. Yeah. And that is actually more valuable than having a whole bunch of, of, you know, shallow relationships. Yeah. And would... as someone who is a, is a, a, you know, a classified extrovert, classified, <laughs> certified, certified, I think is cer- certified, <laughs> certified and classified. You know, <laughs> there's tests that show that. Uh, I didn't ratify. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, the pandemic's been hard on me for relationships and wanting to go out and hang out with people and finding different ways to to party and get weird and Mm -hmm. uh you know it but it was one of those things i've i've let go of relationships sure because i that what we had in the beginning was no longer there Uh and um it has nothing to do with me not liking that person anymore Mm -hmm. it just has to do with we're on different paths sure yeah um there's actually a tupac quote that is bouncing around in my head and i know i'm not going to get it right um and it's around the lines of um just because we're friends just because we're not friends anymore doesn't mean i don't want you to succeed you all and like i think you always have a spot at my table Mm -hmm. type thing yeah like it was it was one of those things like it i I have no ill will against you Mm. we're just on different paths yeah and evaluating those relationships and giving out and just being yourself and having those happy vibes of hey this is who i am and if you don't like who i am cool yeah. you don't like who i am it you know i fine i i will this is i'm just going to continue being me i'm going to continue yeah. getting after yeah. it and, mm-hmm. and being yeah. and being myself and living my dharma and and doing all this stuff yeah um so what i really want to talk about in this last i, I know we've, we've kind of been going through it part by part here but yeah. what i really want to talk about and what this last section of the book made me think of was the the being in service yes um and you know what's what's great is that that ties us uh really neatly back to sort of where we opened which is your dharma right um i know that a lot of people and i get this with kids a lot um but i also get this with adults they, I think they want to be of service, but they don't really know how, right? They, they look at the resources that they have and they're like, look, I'm not a millionaire. Look, I don't know how to cook meals for hundreds of people. Um, and, and the problem is really that they're looking for ways to help that are outside of their dharma, right? Yeah. And he actually makes a point in here of, I, I, my sticky note says, <laughs> my sticky note says, do what you do. <laughs> do and what you do. It, and it's right next to the quote. 
uh, or the, the subheading, serve within your dharma. We, we all have something that we're, we're passionate about, that we're good at, that's our, our ikigai, right? Our reason for getting up in the morning. It is, you don't have to be a millionaire. You don't have to be a doctor. Um, you don't have to be a teacher to serve. You don't have to be, uh, to have all these crazy highfalutin skills in order to uh, be of service to others. And I think that's the point that he's really trying to make here is that if you focus on serving within your dharma, if you focus on serving and doing stuff that you're passionate about, that is a huge amount of bang for your buck, right? If you, it, for, for me, I'm a teacher. I also love cooking. If I went and tried to uh, help people in, in a medical field, right? I mean, I could do a little bit, right? I, I, can, I can carry a gurney with the best of them. Um, <laughs> but that payoff is not going to be nearly as great as the skill and leveraging my skill and experience as a teacher and the years of training that I've had no. as a teacher or the, the experience that I've had working in commercial kitchens and restaurants, right? So be, or, or even my military experience and the logistics on that side of things. So serving within your Dharma. Now, this isn't to say never serve outside of your Dharma, right? If you have a hobby and that hobby brings you to volunteerism, my, my thumbs up to you, do it, right? If you have a hobby where you enjoy woodworking and you wanna go work for Habitat for Humanity, do it right? If, if, if I was suddenly uh, overtaken with a passion for the medical field, I'll go carry some gurneys. I think that's great. But the biggest bang for my buck and the way for me to feel really effective is going to be to serve within my dharma and whatever that looks like for me or for you or for someone else. And, and that's really, there's so much that I relate to that because I, I'm a man who likes uh, who likes to serve? I like to help others. Mm -hmm. um, I'm probably uh, a recovering rescuer. Yeah, uh, that's one of the things Welcome I learned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I one of the things I learned about myself going through the uh, the invite change coaching program was I am a recovering rescuer. Mm -hmm. And as a coach, coaching is not about rescuing people. Right. It's about helping them reflect inward. And you do that by asking questions and really helping understand someone's dharma. Um, but I've, I feel like I've gone to, to help and to be of service to people. And it's like, hey, I'm not, I'm not supporting my dharma. Mm. And I really, I really like service. Mm -hmm. I think this is one of the things this chapter has really brought in here. This, this part has really brought in me is... Um, I like to, to help and serve others. Mm -hmm. And if I was a, a billionaire, if I had unlimited resources, I don't know if money would be the thing I would give time is that, that thing I would give. Um, mm -hmm. and you know, I used to do a lot more volunteer work. Sure. Uh, so so basically, pre 
uh, pre working, you know, a job, I think it started off as you had to do a certain amount of volunteer work in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, if I'm remembering this correctly, it was, you know, it wasn't too long ago, but it was long enough ago. Uh, you know, and after those hours were met, I still helped out. I was, uh, uh, helping out at the uh, YWCA mm-hmm. and I was working with kids and you know I was I was playing and I was teaching and I was you know uh, helping out around the the YWCA and just whatever that entails but I I, I did it and I was I was happy to do it mm-hmm. and then as I got deeper and deeper into hey you know money actually pays bills I, I was when right. I started I started my volunteering I was you know living with the parents and mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about rent mm-hmm. uh, so it was one of those things that hey I'm gonna I'm I need a job to to pay bills and then it, you slowly slip away mm-hmm. from this and then as an adult I think about it like oh I want to volunteer again but how do I how do I do that mm-hmm. when you're working, you know, 40 hour weeks. Uh, you got to come home and spend time with the family. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you've got to. You got it. It's, it's, you an, got ob- it. it's an obligation. <laughs> right. You got to spend On time your with checklist. the family. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, spend time with the family. Um, but there's these, you know, you just, you, you end up making up these excuses. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, of the belief and Jay talks about this in his his book that you find yourself in a less depressed state less anxiety when you're in service Mm -hmm. and really what you're getting at um, what we're getting at was service doesn't always have to be volunteering sure Um, yeah service doesn't always have to be money no um service can be which i'm going to call micro service oh and uh, uh, the service could just be uh helping somebody in the office Mm -hmm. someone someone struggling hey i i heard in the meeting you said you were struggling struggling setting up your email account that's the example that came to my head for some reason Uh, (laughs) you're struggling to set up your email account um uh would you like me to help you you know or how can i help you type Mm -hmm. thing and just that just that one moment of service it doesn't have to be i go down to a soup kitchen and i sling soup i sling gruel (laughs) uh it, it could just be these these micro moments yeah, okay. you're getting at something really important. And he actually unpacks this with one of his activities on page 266. It says specifically, uh, it, it's the try this ways to serve. It says over the course of a week, write down every place you spend time. I, I would say that you could write this down, but you could also just think of this right yeah. now, right? Yeah. I know with me, without even writing anything down, I spend a lot of time at work, right? Like a lot of us do. Uh, I actually, um, I'm, I'm kind of a, oh, what's the best way to put this that doesn't, I don't think that I would sound terrible, but I like going to the grocery, <laughs> I like going to the grocery store. 
How um, does that sound terrible? I, I don't know. I, I don't know why I was so hesitant to bring it up. I, I think that part of me, the military side of me really values efficiency. And so I like feel there's a part of my soul that thinks that I should only be going to the grocery store once a week. But the truth of the matter is, is that I go to the grocery store at least three times a week. And sometimes I don't even buy stuff. Um, it's, it's on my way to and from work oftentimes, or at least not very far out of my way. Um, but anyway, right. You can think you could list on one hand, the top five places where you're spending time and his emphasis there on page 266 is at the end of the week, pick, pick the three opportunities that interest you most and reach out to them and think about where in these places can I do small or large acts of service. Uh, just last week at work, um, we were all feverishly, all of us teachers, were feverishly getting ready to have uh, like a meet the teacher kind of night thing. And with probably 20 minutes to go, of, of course, I still had some stuff to do. But I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go see if anybody else needs help. Right. I was just like, I've been working feverishly in my classroom for hours. I need to just break away and see if anybody needs help. But I went next door and like literally true story. I go next door and my poor colleague is like wrestling with these giant <laughs> HDMI cables. And she has tried to stick them to the wall using masking tape. And she, <laughs> she says, Dylan, I'm not sure if this is working. And literally as those words are coming out of her mouth, the cords all fall off of the wall like some giant mass of snakes. And I happen to have some zip ties in my classroom next door. So I go nab them and I zip tie those up, right? It took me three minutes to do that. And that took pressure off of her and I was of service. And then I went next door to another one of my colleagues and he was having trouble getting his... Um, he was having trouble getting his, uh, what was it? He was having trouble getting some technology thing connected. Oh, he, was, he couldn't get his touch screen to work. Uh, we have these ginormous touch screens at the front of our classrooms. They're wonderful, except when they're not. When they're uh, not working, yeah. Exactly. So he needed a little help getting that up and running. So I helped him get up, that up and running. But the point being, I think, we can find ways to be of service. I think that if we're expecting them to fall into our laps, we're going to be disappointed. But if we go out hunting for them, even just for a little bit, I think we will often find them, right? Uh, just, again, by being observant, right? Asking the question, is there anything I can do to help you? Do you need help with something right now? And focusing within our dharma, it just happens to be with me, not only with teaching, but also uh, technology, right? Those are things that are kind of within the sphere of stuff that I do um, and that I enjoy helping people with. So I would say, again, being observant, looking for those opportunities. I don't need to go to travel 90 minutes to go help with Habitat for Humanity, to be of service to my community, to be of service to my family, to be of service to my coworkers, and to, to really... Um, extend that service the hand of service out to them yeah and i this chapter this section the serve the serve with intention really got me thinking 
because I've wanted to do more volunteer work and it's something that I enjoy doing and it, you know, that recovering rescuer, it fed that, that side of me. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I felt good after it was done. Mm -hmm. Um, but this section of the book really helped me realize that I don't need to be like, Oh, I, I do 60 minutes. I do 60 minutes a week at, you know, a food bank Mm -hmm. or, you know, this is how I, I, I serve, I serve communities is, mm-hmm. hey. Um, and the, one of the ones that, that popped up uh, is, and I forget where I saw it, but I know I saw it somewhere. This isn't something that, it just made me think of it. It was um, setting up websites mm-hmm. for people. So if you're good at setting up websites and that's your thing, a service could just go to somebody and say, Hey, I notice you don't have a website. Mm-hmm. I, you know, let's, I, I'm willing to offer my services to help you set up a website. Mm-hmm. Right. The company, whoever you're doing it for is still going to pay for it. You're just giving them the time to pull it all sure. together. Yeah. It will probably be quicker for you to pull it together. It could it could be something you're doing at home. It could only take you, you know, it could only take you 60 minutes, whatever that is, you know, mm-hmm. you break it apart, but it's, it's stuff like that. It's like, Hey, I noticed this. I have the skill, mm-hmm. you know, how can I be in service to you? Mm-hmm. I have the skill. I have the tools, right. And, I have and, the and tools. it just fill in that blank. And yeah. if, you know, if building websites fits within your Dharma, then the more, the better. Right. The other thing that I'll note is that you can use these, you know, opportunities for service to continue to learn and grow. Um, I'll say that one of the things that has really helped me uh, grow as uh, in terms of understanding technology and the tools that we use in education is reaching out to help other people. Right. Me in in doing my work, I'm only going to run into x problems right that i'm gonna need to troubleshoot and solve opening myself up and soliciting like asking other people if they need help for me to help their problems if i'm solving the problems and helping solve the problems for three other people or talking to them about problems that they've have i now have amplified myself from learning and understanding and being able to troubleshoot X problems to three X problems or four X problems, right? So by, by kind of focusing on that and working within my Dharma and offering myself to other people, I'm growing my knowledge, right? And that's, it's almost circular in that if I'm working within my Dharma to help other people, my dharma is strengthening, allowing me to help other people, right? And it becomes this virtual site, virtuous, excuse me, not virtual. It's technology, but it's not that. <laughs> um, this virtuous cycle of strengthening my dharma and strengthening my organization or whoever I happen to be serving at the time. Um, and, yeah, very strong. One of the things Jay says is that, you know, the, it's a... It's a, the life hack is service is always the answer. Yep. Yeah. 
Well, and, and that reminded me of, of share the secret, right? Yeah. And, and that's, and that really is, you know, Scott house was teaching us share the secret and really what he was teaching us is to, to be in service. Mm -hmm. yep. Um, and you know, there's, I, I remember when it first hit first came out as a, a key, a key phrase for me was the, the servant leader. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I know I've done a little bit of research on it and there's someone who who's coined it and I can't tell you who that person is because I, I don't remember. Uh, but you know, that servant leader, uh, it always it originally kind of, it hit me as like, Oh, that, I don't, I, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like the way it sounds. I don't like the way it, it feels. Mm -hmm. um, but the more you think about service as the answer a, a servant leader is, is serving the people that they're leaving and you know if they're having a bad day the people you're leading probably means you're having a bad day some way and if you're able to be in service of them and just tell them hey you know i'm noticing you're struggling with this mm -hmm. I, I would like to help what does the fix look like and sure. then having that conversation and without having that conversation you don't know what needs to be addressed mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it may not even be work related sure um it may be non-work related it may be the person's just having a bad day and needs a shift in mindset and asking that question will able will be able to move them out of that mindset and go hey okay that's all this is and that's all you had to do is ask yep. that question and then sometimes it's more sometimes it's like hey really you know you know, the new piece of equipment, you know, the X3000 that we just got is, is acting up. It's always acting up, you know, it's a piece of crap and we need to, to move on from this X3000. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, we just bought it. So we're not moving on from it, but let's right. figure out what we need to do to get it running correctly. Yeah. Whatever that is, that, that conversation needs to happen. And mm -hmm it really helps people feel and it helps it helps you feel connected to people it helps people feel connected to the world and i guess ultimately restores faith in humanity i mean did we just restore faith in humanity did we sure. just solve we can solve humanity yeah well, we solved we you did know it. and there's probably something to be said is that the solve for humanity is you know better service to others yeah. Uh, one of one of my favorite movies uh, is is Pay Starship It Forward. Troopers? Starship okay. Troopers. <laughs> Starship Troopers is, is definitely in the top ten, but uh, Pay It Forward. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Pay It Forward um, is is one of my favorite movies. I, I love the, the concept behind it. I love the 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 service behind it. I love the the helping others behind it. Mm -hmm. That that connection with others. Um, for the people who are listening to this who have not seen Pay It Forward, the whole concept of the movie is to pay it forward. If you have something, pay it forward to the next person. And you're also paying it forward to three people was mm -hmm. the, the overall concept. So someone pays it forward to you, you pay it forward to three other people type thing. Uh, great movie, uh, Haley Joel Osment and uh, Helen, Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, Kevin Spacey. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew yeah, there yeah, was yeah. another big name in there. Yeah. yeah, there was another big name in there. But yeah, Pay It Forward, great movie. If you, if you haven't watched it, um, uh, if you go and watch it, we get five cents. Is that... We do? Uh, that sounds great. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that's true. But uh, <laughs> if you would like to send us five cents after watching it, sure. Uh, That'd be great. Yep. Yeah. Can, well, I'm not going to say no. Yeah. Yeah. Every little bit helps. Yeah. Every little bit helps. Um, so I don't really know where we go from here. I, I know the book kind of wraps up. It does. With, I, I mean, all books do wrap up that book. <laughs> all books, like all good things, do all books do wrap end. up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he talks a little bit about chanting, um, and he has, which is kind of a focus on meditation, which uh, that getting to that level of meditation, uh, of course, it is kind of part of the monk ethos that may work for people. I think if you look earlier on in his book where he talks about meditation uh, in other parts of the book, it he actually includes several meditations throughout the book to more of as a reflective tool to be reflecting on your purpose to be reflecting on your dharma to be reflecting on gratitude to be reflecting on things that you can learn reflecting on your learning so it, he does talk about a lot of different types of reflection a lot of different types of meditation he opens with breathing right how do we breathe um, which I'll be doing with my kids. It's literally the first thing I'm going to teach them uh, when they walk into my classroom. Um, besides, like, how do we walk into the classroom? Uh, but <laughs> it, otherwise, it does wrap up. The only other thing that he talks about really in the gratitude section, uh, or it, yeah, the gratitude section writ large, but the service section specifically would be about um, using your pain as a conduit to service, right? So if you have been through painful experiences, um, then one way to be of service is to help other people through similar painful experiences, such as addiction, PTSD, depression, anxiety, food disorders, uh, so on, eating disorders, excuse me, so on and so forth. So I think that's another piece of gratitude that we didn't touch on all that much, but being able to help people and letting your pain become a net positive in the world rather than just being a drag kind of on your soul, um, I think is one of the things that he wanted to call out. Because if you can turn those negative experiences into helpful experiences for other people and to help them suffer less than they currently are that is very powerful to be able to turn that negativity back into something positive. and that's that's actually how i landed on i guess kind of my my coaching niche if you will mm -hmm. um is i my part of my pain was was struggling to belong mm -hmm. i didn't feel like I, I belonged in high school and come to find out not everybody feels like they belong in high school uh but not feeling like a belonging was a thing and not really knowing who i was mm -hmm. who am i who is my dharma right what is my dharma you know uh and when i was going through the the invite change coaching program 
um, that was illuminated for me. And it was really like, oh, I can help others with this. Yeah. So part of me, part of my coaching is like, I want to help others, you know, find their, their purpose, find their intention, find, find their identity. Yeah. Help out who they are. And because I don't, I know that feeling and Mm -hmm. I don't want other people to feel like that. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, is we're all going to feel like that at at certain points in time. And we just got to, we got to go and we got to embrace it and figure out why. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you're right. We got to, we got to focus on the pain to some degree. We got to deal with the pain. We got to process the pain. And um, it, it helps you connect and helps you relate to other people. Mm-hmm. is processing that pain and processing that struggle um one of the things i'm mean, kind of the the overall theme in the book is um the world isn't with you or against you sure you create your own reality in every moment mm-hmm. and when you're dealing with these these pain points and you're dealing with you know, what life is throwing at you. If you go and you, you, you do the breath work, you, you think about what life's trying to teach you here and you're able to, you know, figure out the, it's good because, Mm -hmm. right. It will ultimately keep you in that monk mindset Mm -hmm. and keep you out of that, that monkey mind and, out of that victim mentality of, oh my God, this is happening to me. I don't control it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What we control is very little to begin with. So, you know, it's, we control our reactions to the situation. We control, you know, how we want to process the situation. So um, I, I, I wish I had this book a lot sooner in my life. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I, I don't know. It's one of those moments of, I don't know if I would have taken away as much as I take away from it now. If like I read mm-hmm. this book, if I read this book in high school. Right. Would you be uh, ready? Would I be ready? And I, I would like to think so because I think it would have helped me with my, my belonging mm-hmm. uh, need. But um, I, I think I could have also been in the mindset of, oh, whatever, I'm good. Yeah. uh, I'm solid. Or a middle ground, like, okay, I read it. I'll be more grateful moving on. Right. And, and, and maybe it wouldn't have been as impactful as really it could be. Right. Yeah. I would agree. It's, but it's definitely a book that, um, I, I will, uh, you, you've, as you show me your book and it's riddled with post-it notes. Uh, yeah. That's that's yeah. a lot of post-it notes. <laughs> yeah, it's riddled with post-it notes. That this is a book that I'll be like, hey, you know, I'm I'm not feeling connected to the world right now. Mm-hmm. Let me go. Let me go reference this book and figure out what I want to do. How mm-hmm. do I? How do I get back to here? Yeah. So reread a chapter uh, or two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know you're going to be going back to it. I know you're going to be. You're going to be. Uh, 
preaching it, teaching it. Yeah. All the, all the eachings. All the eachings, all the eachings oh. I can get. Yeah, there's definitely some um, activities that are in this that I'll be sharing with with teammates and students. I think that there's also, there's a lot of personal stories in here that I can share with students and teachers that, that from Jay um, that I think will be very instructive. Um, a big way, you know, I can talk to kids about, you know, a given subject and be very academic and use fancy words. But for a lot of kids, it's not going to connect with them nearly as much as telling a story. Um, and so I think that's one of the reasons why Jay's book is so engaging is the ratio kind of, of analytical sort of academic um, analysis he puts into and support through studies, but also just the stories that he tells, uh, the personal anecdotes, um, I think are very powerful and it keeps the book engaging. And I think those personal anecdotes are a great avenue for you know uh, other people to figure out how to think like a monk. And, and that's one of the things I like. If I'm looking for a, a book that I can connect with, it's the personal stories. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've read books and it's good information. Sure. It's just information. It's like, you're not telling me enough on how you got here and how it affected you. Sure. Yeah. And what you learned from it. Mm -hmm. Where, what Jay does in here is, you know, he tells a, 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 a section of his life. He's telling the life lessons he learned in this moment of time. And the moment right. of time that he's dealing with is, you know, finding his purpose and leaving behind this, you know, becoming a doctor or a lawyer and pursuing something that was really important to him mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and sharing those, those stories. And it's like, yeah, we all have stories to share and lessons that we learned. His just happened to be very uh, detailed around, you know, mindset and thinking like a monk absolutely but we we all we all got a story absolutely so, yeah um you know what we haven't talked about and uh it, it's book related but not think like a monk book related is what are we going to read next you sir are about to get busy because yeah you got some school stuff so I guess we could be reading whatever you're reading in class. I don't know if you're reading anything in class, but um, you know. Uh, Most of the books I read in class are at like the, the elementary level. So uh, I might recommend something a little more robust. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So uh, a little bit more robust. Do you mm -hmm. have a, a, a more robust recommendation? Another one that I just read on my free time that is a very short, a fairly short read is This Book Will Make You Kinder. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of that uh, one. It's, it's, uh, it's a pretty good read, I think, that everybody could benefit from. Um, this but, Book Will Make You Kinder. Do you know who this author is? Not off the top of my head. Not, well, come on. I know. I'm terrible. Uh, uh... This book will make you kinder. I found it. 
uh, by Henry James Garrett. Henry James Garrett. There you have it. Yeah, this book will make you kinder. Um, I, I like it. Uh, I, I think it 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 pulls into the well, at least the title does for me. You're the one who read it. Yes. Uh, it, it pulls into the the service. Oh yeah. Side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. Um, so I, I, am down for that. I do know that you've mentioned, uh, power of habit, um, power of habits, another very good one. Absolutely. Uh, there's a couple other habit books that have been on my, my reading list, um, that I haven't picked up atomic habit. I was going to say you mentioned atomic habits before. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I feel like habits is something that we should, we should definitely get into. I think about the school year for you and, mm-hmm. you know, what, what I would be passing on to kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, this book will make you kinder is probably something I would be passing on to kids yeah. and also habits. So let's do this, you know, you've already read it. So why don't I read it? Okay. Um, that gives you, that gives you some time to, you know, get my feet under me here for the new year yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so why don't you do that i will read uh this book make you kinder okay and we'll we'll go from there we'll figure it out yeah yeah okay awesome we got that we're gonna recommend we recommend think like a monk oh heck yes um we we recommend reading it and taking going back and taking notes on it mm-hmm. we recommend the exercises that are in it uh, yes we also recognize that we we probably did not talk about it enough um we i i feel like we could put another three hours worth of podcasts into this book and still not quite cover everything probably it is it is just a great book it um, really is yeah oh wait so this book will make you kinder is the next book yep on the list um we will we will meet again uh we can shoot for next sunday sure sunday 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 yeah and turn this book into a mud pit <laughs> love it <laughs> okay, all right sir. my dude it's been great thank you my dude my Dylan, pleasure yes, enjoy sir, the rest of your weekend i shall as well it's off to pick some plums it's that time of oh. year Nice, nice. I am off to work on the deck. Good luck with the patio, Daddy-O. Yeah. <laughs> Love All it. Right. All right. Have sir. a good one. Take care. Right. You too. Bye. Bye. Our podcast was originally recorded on Zoom. Special thanks to Skillsoul on Pixabay for providing our intro and outro music. If you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, please hit the like and subscribe button on your podcast provider follow us on instagram at two dudes review books let us know what you think we should review keep reading keep learning keep growing keep pursuing what's important to you and keep listening to our podcast stay thirsty my friend